0: And welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Eddie O'Riordan, Chagas Grange, to discuss the key points from Beef 2022 for growing and finishing farmers. Eddie, you're very welcome. There's a huge amount of information available for farmers growing and finishing cattle on the day. What were the key messages?
1: On the day, we tried to cover a few topics, one related to the production of silage, silage quality, and maybe concentrate feeding. Uh, we looked at the area of uh, reducing the age of slaughter and factors contributing to that. Uh, we also looked at the trend in, uh, in actual age of slaughter over the last number of years. We had a focus on drafting cattle for, for slaughter and an area of animal housing and health.
0: In relation to the silage quality, what influence will that have on performance and costs, and what is the different range farmers can expect?
1: silage quality, which we measure as DMD or dry matter digestibility, is probably the main factor that people should be focusing on. So on the day, what we did is we produce silages that range from high quality to lower, that was 75 DMD, 70 DMD, 65 DMD and 60 DMD. And we showed that animals fed a silage at 60 DMD will basically grow at 0.2 or 0.3 of a kilogram a day at best and probably wouldn't be suitable for weanings at all. Whereas we go from there up to a 75 DMD, we can expect you know, significant performance to be achieved on that high DMD. And the way we expressed it was, if we were feeding a weaning for the winter over 140 days, and we wanted the weaning to grow at 0.5 of a kilogram per day, how much meal would it need over the winter? And if we had a silage of 75 DMD, in simple terms, that animal would need seven bags, 70 to 20 kilogram bags of, of meal for the winter to take them through. If the silage dropped from seventy to from seventy-five to 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 seventy, the number of bags would uh, would go up to nine bags. And if we went to sixty-five DMD to be twelve bags a meal, and if we dropped to sixty DMD to the eighteen to twenty bags of DMD, and put it simply, it meant in terms of cost at the lower quality silage, the meal would cost about 160 euros for the winter, as opposed to 60 euro at the high DMD. So we simply try to use that example as a way to show the importance of having quality silage for the winter. The second point maybe then was, we recognize this year we are where we are in the in the almost the end of the first week in, in July, and farmers probably have in, in the pits what they have for the year. So we're strongly encouraging people, you know, talk to your local advisor and try and have your silage pits sampled so that you actually know the quality and preservation, the preservation we're referring to probably the pH as such. But so you know the quality and preservation of, of your silage. And then using that, we can formulate a diet for the winter, whether it's for weanlings or other animals, a diet can be formulated, which will which will meet the growth requirements of those animals. And I guess that led to the probably the second point on that area was the feeding of concentrates. And what we're simply saying is based on how I just maybe alluded to now, is that we're saying, you know, on a low DMD silage, really it has limited use range and it's only really usable for cattle, maybe that maybe suck your cows that maybe don't need to grow much other than just regain some condition for the winter. Whereas if you have a high quality silage, there's a saving on, on concentrates being fed. And really in terms of the concentrate type, we're really putting it simply saying, you're talking about feeding energy to the cattle for the winter. And obviously needs some protein and minerals and vitamins. And the, the whole approach is to try and manage, to match the DMD of your silage uh, and the amount of concentrates being fed such that you achieve the targets being set uh, f- for the winter.
0: That's great, Eddie. And reducing age at slaughter was also discussed on the day. How has the national figures changed over the past 11 years?
1: Okay, so we've been looking at the data from from 2011 up to 2021, as you say, the 11 years, and I think it's probably one of the best kept secrets in, in the country, in that there has been a tremendous achievement, uh, got at farm level. So over the past 11 years, the age of slaughter for steers has decreased by three months. That's an average of a week per uh, a week per year. That is a tremendous achievement when you think of it nationally. We've reduced the age of slaughter by by three months over the last over the last 11 years. And in doing that, the actual carcass weight that we actually achieved while we reduced that age of slaughter hasn't really decreased that much. Okay, it's a half a kilogram per year each year over the 11 years, which is not small. There has been probably a small decrease in uh, in carcass fatness and a small decrease in conformation. And I guess that's coming on the back of a greater proportion of maybe dairy cross animals in the national kill. But specifically to answer the question, and I said initially, you know, it's probably the best kept kept secret in the country. There should be a lot of praise and credit given to the dry stock sector uh, and finishers of cattle where we have succeeded in reducing the age of slaughter by three months for steers. In the case of heifers, uh, it's dropped by approximately one month over the, over the, over the intervening years. But that means there, there were probably 26 months of age being killed back in 2011 and we're around 25 months of age right now. And even the same goes for, for some bulls, particularly suckler bulls. The suckler bulls on average are probably about 17 and a half to 18 months of age at the moment being killed. And they effectively have been decreasing at a rate of approximately five kilogram or five days per year over the last 11 years. That's for soccer bulls. And the dairy bulls are staying pretty well where they are at the same age, a little change over time. But put it in the bigger picture where nationally, we have maybe in the region of 600,000 steers, maybe 400,000 heifers and 180,000 bulls. We are saying that for steers, there's been a great success. And if that can be maintained and continued, that's very promising.
0: A huge success, Eddie, and- where do you expect these figures to move to over the next five years?
1: Yeah, I, I think that there there's a challenge as as, as we go forward. That, that rate of increase, I guess it can continue, but it's likely to slow down. And I suppose the challenge will be as to, you know, if we're going to or if nationally want to reduce the age of slaughter further, you know, it, it will mean that we have to be more critical looking at the point at where we slaughter and maybe the level of fatness in, in the carcass. So not belittling the, the fact that the, the cost of finishing is expensive. We might make the point that really, you know, animals should be moved on for sale, drafted once they're ready. So what might the opportunities be? We again looked at the, the slaughter data for 2020, 2021. And we know that cattle are killed anywhere, when a fat score of two plus or greater, you know, they, they, they fit into the, into the, the, the payment grade. But if we looked at for 2021 and say what proportion of cattle that had a fat score say of two equals say three or two had a fat score of three equals or are better we found about two-thirds of the bullocks and over 80 percent of heifers that were killed in 2021 had a fat score greater than say two equals or greater which means there is a purport, there is a chance or opportunity to move cattle on for sale earlier than we've been doing what's the, what's the point the point is that as animals get fatter um, rate of gain slows down. And what's really happening is that the energy needed to be consumed, put on, to put on a kilogram of fat is, needs more energy than the same kilogram put on as as, as, as lean tissue. So as animals get older, then naturally they get fatter. And the point we're trying to get across is once animals are coming fit for slaughter, they should be moved on because maybe getting the extra weight that you're getting, the value of that may not be actually covered. The value of that may not be covered by the cost of the concentrates or feed being fed. So maybe a long winded way of saying there are opportunities to reduce the, the age of slaughter further, and it might be coming at the at looking at the level of fatness when we're killing animals. Um, but I think the other part we're making, and maybe it's slightly maybe people don't think about it initially when we talk about age of slaughter, and that is what we're really asking for is that simple things that we can do at farm level. That is, you know, getting good weaning weights, get, getting an acceptable performance during the winter, having a suckler cow if you're a suckler beef producer that weans a good calf, you know, getting performance of pasture, getting herd health correct, all what I refer to as put simply, as simple things, getting those right, has a huge contribution. In fact, it's the main contributor to getting animals away at an early age. And we said on the day. We talked about a, sort of a win-win situation. The first win being that if farmers can do things technically efficiently, you know that's where profitability can creep, can come in. But in doing that, also going early then means in the more global global warming picture, going early then slaughter young slaughter younger by getting there earlier means we also reduce the contribution that we're making to greenhouse gases. So that's the win-win, and I think there are opportunities there. Of course, there are challenges. And uh, I think, so to answer your question specifically, there are challenges there, but there's room to keep going. But maybe there's maybe other assistance is needed to encourage people to, to do that.
0: Most definitely, Eddie, and you mentioned there the drafting of cattle, and that was an area of focus on the day. What are the key messages for farmers in relation to the drafting of the cattle?
1: I suppose, again, maybe the point I partly said it was that maybe the, to, to draft or move on animals once they are, they are the appropriate level of fatness. Um, there's probably temptation to to keep animals longer, and if we look at the actual national fat scores on cattle that are slaughtered, you know, there's a high proportion of animals that are carrying a fat level of fatness that that's not needed in the marketplace. And as I said, if if putting on fat is is costly, why why would you do it? And you might say that once the animal reaches a certain uh, minimum carcass fatness, maybe it's time to, to move on. Now, of course, that depends on the actual diet they're on and the cost of that diet. So maybe in an expensive indoor system where you're feeding high level of concentrates or higher level of concentrates, then maybe the, the, the endpoint might be earlier than if the same animal was at pasture, maybe for early in the third grazing season where maybe the, the actual cost of the gain is lower. Maybe, maybe they can go to a slightly fatter, fatter score without having the penalty imposed. But we're looking at fatness. So then we had on the day, we had people in procurement from, from some of the, the meat companies just commenting on the cattle we had. And we had cattle that were straight, black and white Holstein-Friesians. We had Holstein-Friesian Anguses. And then we had some Angus Cross late maturing cattle and some Charolais Limousin and lemons and Crosses as an example. And they were looked at as, you know, what was ready for slaughter, what was not. I think that was it was helpful to some people to see those animals.
0: Herd health is critical to the lifetime performance of the animal, Eddie, particularly for farmers purchasing stock to avoid hindering performance. What was advised on the day?
1: OK, so I think I mean, that's an important point that anyone who is purchasing animals, be they weanings or whatever, you know, herd health is an important issue. And there was an interesting uh, contribution from Animal Health Ireland where they showed, said the, the incidence of animals coming to the factory, the number of animals that had shown signs of fluke. And there was typically 11, 12 percent of, of, of heifers and steers coming in, you know, and something similar for young bulls were showing signs of fluke. And wh- wh- what they were showing is that, say, steers or heifers that had fluke in their, in, in their, in their system were typically a month older being slaughtered than those that did not. And also animals that, let's say, had where the lungs had been damaged due to, we said, pneumonia incidents during their lifetime. That they were almost I any mean, from almost uh, 10 to 14 days older when they came to slaughter so there's an example let's say of where you know data is showing that animals that get sick or have problems be the be the liver fluke or, or pneumonias or other such problems you know are older at slaughter so that was an, I think, an important point there was also then discussion on the the area of of, of dosing animals and the importance of you know knowing knowing the status of the resistance to doses on your farm, but among the, the, the internal parasites. So we're obviously working with AHI and Veterinary Ireland, and there is a, an opportunity for, for farmers to get a free sample, dung sample taken from the herd to establish what is the actual parasite load. And you know we don't get things free too often. So maybe we should be availing of those. And the final point in on that maybe area was we had a, a veterinarian with us for the day uh, practitioner, and he was taking the farmers specifically through you know the type of steps you'd need to do or take to minimise the, the the health risk around around weaning and housing and purchasing of animals, and the the main point being that we'd strongly be encouraging you know people to have a proper dosing vaccination program in place, such that you know losses. Are eliminated or certainly minimised, and, and ill health is also minimised, such that working together from, from birth to slaughter, we try and minimise the losses, minimise the setbacks, and get the animals to an in-point quicker, and hopefully leave a greater profit at farm level.
0: From all the principles that you've outlined, Eddie, are they achievable at farm level?
1: Well, most certainly. I mean, if we look at any of the programs that, that we've had over the last number of years, be it the Better Farm program, you know, the, the current Future Beef or Dairy Beef 500 or go to take all of the egg colleges. And we had both uh, Gartine Belly Hayes and, and Kildolphin with us on the day. And they showed to the, to the visitors their production systems, both suckler systems, dairy calf to beef systems and indeed bull systems. And they're achieving the targets we're speaking about. In fact, in some occasions, many occasions, they're actually exceeding the targets. So, I mean, again, to make the point, really what we are speaking about really is doing the simple things correct. It doesn't have to be fancy or, or, or extremely challenging. It's doing the simple things, doing them well. And... So, so to answer your question specifically then, yes, it's happening at farm level, so the farmers who are paying attention to detail and anyone who wants to, to see or did see the Hayes or Gartine or Kildolphin Colleges and their systems will be convinced of that and we take the better farm program in the past or the Futures Beef Program or the Dairy Beef 500 that's that's, that's being run now, all those farmers will be achieving the type of targets we're speaking about. So it is doable, uh, It's may maybe a challenge, there's other challenges at farm level, but I think it's achievable and we should be striving to achieve those targets.
0: Thanks very much, Eddie, for that great summary.
1: You're very welcome.
0: That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Eddie for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine and thanks for listening.